What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, Glenn. Yes. I figured out why Jason has a website. Why is that? It's not exactly the easiest bloke to talk to. Well, let's try that. Hello. Can I speak to uh, Jason Buffhead Furman, please? Uh, what are you doing, you? <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. That's the kind of treatment you'll get if you actually dial Jason from Mindrick Dog Quip. So what you need to do if you want any leashes, tugs, harnesses, balls, reward toys, canine fitness and conditioning equipment, Herm Springer things, anything like that, head to EinswickDogQuip.com. That's E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K.com because you do and not want to have to special. talk to this guy. Glenn, what are you doing? I'm enjoying a delicious treat from Bright's Bites. The dog training treats? The same. I've heard that Bright's Bites are not just healthy and nutritious for dogs, but they're so delicious, they're actually a very motivational form of training. They are indeed. We've tested and tried them on site and they work just great. How did you get a hold of those? Did you purchase them off of a website? I went to dogsquadcanineservices.com.au. That's where people should go to get themselves some bright bites, healthy, nutritious, but also highly motivational dog training treats. Get them in your dog, y'all. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio for the last time of 2019 by my co-host, Glenn Cook. Is it a time to wish everyone a happy new year? I guess it is. It is. Happy new well, year. Well, we are recording on New Year's Eve. Yep. So people won't get this until New Year. So happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You made it. We did. We did. They did. Everyone did. Everyone's done another loop around the sun. <laughs> Yeah, 2020, huh? We're out of the 19s, or we're out of the teens out of and the into teens. the 20s. Yeah. It was funny, I saw a meme the other day of someone that says, hey, everyone, we're back in the 20s. It was all people in weird gangster plaid suits and everything like that. I'm up for that. Yeah. Let's bring that the back. Roaring 20s. Yeah. yeah. Roaring was 20s. Was it the Roaring 20s or the Roaring 30s? Uh, I have no idea. Neither we'll say it. We'll go with Roaring 20s. Why not? Yeah, why not? I like it. So, uh, what do we got planned for this year? Um, well, I, I guess what we should more of the do, same. more of the same, <laughs> I guess what we should do is look back over the year and see what people did and how yeah. it went and who we spoke to and mm-hmm. we had a big year. We did have a big year. I think we should talk about just the dog industry in general over the year. I think there mm. was some brouhaha's, some good stuff, some not so some good bruhahas. stuff. Yeah, some bruhaha's. I wonder where that some, name came from, Bruhaha. Some fighting. Some fisticuffs. Yeah. Some fisticuffs. Some, some verbal. No, no, verbal. Fisticuffs implies that there was some courage involved. <laughs> <laughs> On keyboard warrioring doesn't, is a Bruhaha, uh, not a fisticuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, verbal fisticuffs. Yeah. Yeah, without courage. 
Yeah. I like that. That's pretty cool. But from our point of view, we had a big year. We've knocked out. Hang on. Let me look it up. Let me see. The episode we put out on the 4th of January was called Start the Year with a Plan. Mm -hmm. And that was episode 59. Yep. And this will be, what, 110? 110. Yeah. Yeah. So we cranked out some episodes. We have cranked out some episodes. Never do maths in public. So what's that? 50 odd. So we also had our two year anniversary in uh, end of November and we had our hundredth show as well. Mm. That was phenomenal. Like huge appreciation to the amount of people who contributed to that. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you guys enough. The people that I did reach out to. There were a lot of other people, as I said, in that show as well. There are a lot of other people that were uh, willing to come on. I'm not going to name them because uh, that would be rude, but because we sort of ran out of time or it was just inconvenient to try and get hold of each other. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, but uh, there'll be other shows where we're going to do similar things and reach out to people. So hopefully the people that we didn't get on the first time will get on the second time. I've got a question for you with no notice. Okay. What's the highlight of the year of 2019 as far as your dog training journey goes? What's the like the coolest thing that happened for you? And what did you learn this year? You already know what I'm going to say. Do I? Yeah, Roger Brantis. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, that's a highlight interview, but I mean, like actually on the tools, anything? What was cool that happened? Did you have any success somewhere or did you learn something? Or No, we learned something's a different thing. What? Yeah, I think I learned something. Well, I don't think. I know I learned something every year. Mm. Like the amount of books I read, listening to other people, watching what people are doing, some of the nice things I got to do was I watched you do your NAPOPO seminar a few times, mm-hmm. which was great because not only did it reinforce some things that I already learned with Bart, but it also strengthened some of those things as well because I think you have a very nice way of explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you're explaining it resonates well with me. I think it does with a lot of other people too, which is why you're being successful in it. That was good because there were a few boxes that I hadn't ticked in that, which I was able to sit back through and, and have a few more aha moments, which mm-hmm. was quite good. So I've complimented you on that before. And I mean that with every word is that you really have a solid understanding of your craft. Like you've really taken the bull by the horns. And I know you're that type of personality anyway. I know you're that type of personality with your former employment. Mm-hmm. Just knowing you as a person, I know that when you invest in something strongly, something that you believe in, something you're passionate about, I know that you put a lot of energy into it. I know, you know, when we've had guests on the show, I can tell that you've researched things about them, like you've put time and effort into finding out things about people, like you have an active interest in people, which is pretty cool. You know, like it, I think that adds value to you as a character, who you are as a person. It also adds value and character to our show, to things that we're doing. And it also adds character and value to the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. So, Those things have been eye-opening. I've been appreciative of those. I think that we've grown considerably over this past 12 months, like even far more considerably than what we did in the first 12 months that we were in, which is fantastic. You know, I spoke to Bertie Oshidi the other day and she was just saying, you know, like you guys are just doing such an amazing job with the canine paradigm. She always says that anyway, but she said, I love you and Pat so much. You know, I, I just can't believe how successful the show is becoming and how good it is. And that's nice to hear, you know, like it's really, it's been really heartwarming to receive that feedback. Mm-hmm. And all I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've got a lot of gratitude to you and to, you know, many of the other people who have been closely related to the show or just 
in our group or our friendship circle or in the industry. So, yeah, some pretty cool stuff happened. Yeah, that's cool. Thank mm. you. Yeah. But you still didn't answer my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> go, what, back, go back to the question. Like what? what's a high point you hit in dog training? In like, dog training. So either with your own dog or someone else's dog, like what's something that happened during the year where you just went like, oh, fuck yeah, that's cool. To be honest, I had a lot of fun teaching Ladybug the dancing bear trick. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was, Which is, yeah. by the time they're listening to this, that's probably already out on Patreon, It's right? going to be our Patreon episode. It was something that I didn't expect to – well, I didn't actually know what I was doing with that. It was mm-hmm. just something that I sort of bumbled along with it. And it was one thing and then it became another thing. And it, it uh, after a period of time, I thought, what if I can do this? And I remember you and I were having a conversation about circus dogs or circus animals. And mm-hmm. um, your dad was saying, you know, I'll give you a million dollars if you can teach a dog to stand on a ball. Yeah. And I thought, I've kind of got it doing this and I've got it doing that. Why don't I combine the two together? Yeah. And uh, that was, for me, that was fun. So um, any- I enjoyed it. Anybody that's been to one of the seminars on the the second day, I tell a story that is the you know common in Nipopo about the dancing bear and yeah. how to teach a bear to dance, and you know that's a Bart story, but it, it shows that the training system is actually hundreds of years old, mm. right? But I put my own spin on that by explaining that I actually saw the dancing bears when the Moscow Circus came to Sydney when I was a little kid. Yep, and I always say that. They also had these elephants that could stand on a ball, right? And I remember in the car on the way home, my dad listens to the show. I wonder if he remembers this as vividly as I do, right? He was really impressed by the the standing on the uh, the elephant standing on the ball. And I remember saying like a stupid kid, like, oh, it's just training. Like you just do it. And then he said, he offered me a million dollars to get our dog, our family pet, uh, to be able to stand on a soccer ball when we got home. And I spent, and I was like, done. Like I'll, I'll be able to do that. No problem. Yep. Uh, and I spent about a good two minutes just cramming the dog and the ball together before I realized that wasn't going to happen and gave up. And then I, I remember saying, I say it in most of the, when I talk about it, I say, I wonder if that offer is still available today because yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I reckon I wouldn't have too much trouble. Yeah. But from that has kind of come your your fusion of the two. Yeah. So that that was a lot of fun. I actually did the math the other day and calculated the exact, well, pretty much the amount of time in Because you filmed almost every session, right? I filmed almost every session, but I only kept the important ones, like mm. the breakthrough ones. Yeah. What I did was I worked out, it was around about six or seven weeks of time in total that it took me to teach her how to do the entire behavior. Once I sort of broke it down because I was doing it religiously every day and also multiple sessions a day, but I worked out that over that six to seven weeks or let's call it eight weeks. Okay. In total that in total hours, it was two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's two and two and a half hours incrementally spread over a two month period yeah. in multiple time frames and so forth. So mm-hmm. I kind of got a kick out of, not only doing the behavior, but reinvesting interest in combining something again. It's not rocket science, what I taught her to do. Like, it's not rocket science. It's just all it is is just a complex skill. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people who do things like this on a regular basis with assistance dogs, with sport dogs, with law enforcement dogs. So I'm not trying to make it out like it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened. All I'm saying, it was, it was a fun thing to do. Mm. It was like a little side project that sort of morphed into something of more interest as I got into doing things. 
for me, yeah, I just think, you know, taking a, a dog who's generally a bit of a potato and doing something <laughs> doing something fun. But, I mean, look, she's she's the right type of dog. When I talk about picking the right type of dog, she's very drivey. She's very enthusiastic. She's as greedy as fuck, mm-hmm. like loves food and loves getting involved in things. So, you know, like if I took a dog like Opie, who we call Egg, um, my other one, he wouldn't be able to do the behavior as well. Like he would quit. He would give up. He just doesn't have the the heart to do it because he's a bit of a sissy. Mm-hmm. I love him dearly, but you know, there's right dog, wrong dog. He will do skills and he will learn things. But if he had a bad experience on the ball, he'd just, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. Whereas bug, she'll fall off it and she'll, you know, like she'll slip over and fall over and bounce around the room. And it's like fall off straight back on, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the old saying, fall off the horse, get straight back on. She's got courage. She's got heart, everything that you desire in a, in a, in a dog to, to do the training right. You didn't, when did, how old was Opie when you got him? Uh, he was about uh, five months old or something. So how I didn't old, get him with the critical period. She was eight weeks. So there's your answer to why. Yeah. That, those two differences, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Bride Johns, who's a friend of yours and mine, she bred her. She came out of her little dog and Bride did NDTF with her dogs and she was doing complex skills with her. And I thought, oh, that's actually a pretty cool little female, you know, mm-hmm. like she's got plenty of courage, plenty of drive. I mean, it's like, the same thing with living with Remy. Living with Ladybug is a lot harder than people imagine. Mm-hmm. She can be a pain in the ass to live with sometimes. She's got plenty of dash. She doesn't mind lighting up other dogs if they get in her way over anything. She's pushy. She's needy. She wants to work. Like, she demands work now. Like, she'll come and drive me crazy and say, I want to work, I want to work. Whereas the other two that we've got, they'll just go, oh, yeah, just pat me and throw a ball around the room. Like, she is. Yeah. But that's fun. That's part of the enjoyment in doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What about you? I think highlight for the year for me definitely was closing out or not closing out, getting the first leg of that PSA two. Mm-hmm. For me that, you know, that's a big goal. Like I think it's really important to have solid goals and that was one for me. Yep. I would have loved to have closed out the leg and got it on the second day, but that, that didn't happen. But my, my goal was to get one and I did that and I'm, I'm really happy with how that went. Yep. I think we spoke about it on the show, but for me that was a – it's an extremely stressful thing to do because I talk a big game about dog training and you've got to be able to prove what you're, mm. what you're doing. And people listen to us for advice on how to train dogs. And if you can't, and, and I coach a lot of people in different sporting arenas on how to maximize their performance. And if I can't hit the field and pass, then, yep. then that's a problem. But the problem with that is PSA is a fucking hard game, right? Like it's not it's a very sport. Hard game. It's not a sport that you can just expect to be prepared for. Like you, you can't because of surprise scenarios. You can't necessarily ever consider yourself fully prepared for it. You can only prepare as best as possible and hope for the best on the day. Well, the hardest thing for us in Australia is there's only once a year trials. That's right, and that, and, and that's really that. That's not only difficult as time consuming it's also mentally difficult yeah, as well exactly it's the one thing that really gets in my head yeah and so i was really proud of getting that um, first leg and, yep. and also was happy with the reason i didn't pass on the second day was my fault not the dog so it yep. wasn't a training issue it was just an experience in trialing in the level twos because it's you know like mm. my second time and it was it's not like i had time to resonate on it i did it the day before yep so it was a an error in my own judgment in which commands to give my dog. My dog had the commands to to have passed. If I had given better commands, it would have the, – the training was there and he was 100% compliant. He did exactly what I asked him to do. Yep. I just asked him – I should have asked him to do separate things. Mm. But anyway, so that was definitely a highlight. But that's kind of, you know, tied up in also when we were recognized by ISCP. 
That was awesome. That was a pretty cool thing that happened yeah. in the year. That was definitely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as uh, learning for me this year, certainly what I've done in my own dog training path uh, in 2019, certainly at the, the second half of it is become obsessed with foundation skills. Mm. It was and, just funny. We were just talking about that. Yeah. And I'm doing that in sort of everything and that's spewed over into a lot of my life Yeah, uh, in that I'm really kind of becoming I've always this is something I've always felt strongly about but at the moment I'm really finding more and more layers in it mm. is that you know excellence is mastery of the basics and yep. and it's worth putting in the time and energy yeah don't um, don't rush that shit yeah, yeah and even now myself like uh I, I'm noticing that some of the behaviors that I, I want to sharpen up in my dog, right? Because the, as you say, the big problem we have with PSA is the, the long duration between trials. So my dog has the capacity to pass a trial. I don't need to teach him anything new. So I've got the time now to try and squeeze some extra points out of bits and pieces. Yep. And, you know, I was foolishly, you get caught up in your own training and you don't analyze, you know, you, it, it's a special person that can analyze themselves as well as you can analyze someone else, right? Mm. So I realized after a little while that I wasn't um, training as effectively as I could be because I was trying to, like, say my down in motion is not great. It's not something that I've ever cared especially about. But so, you know, I lose a couple of points on that and there are a couple of points that I have the time now to try and recover, right? And I was actually trying to fix it directly. Like I was trying to get my dog to actually down faster when, uh, of course, eventually that may work, but I, there's potential I could use too much pressure in that and I could make my down aversive. I could, uh, I could do it too often and then my down will be, he'll preempt it. Um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong by addressing it so directly. Mm. Uh, and I haven't actually addressed it directly at all. I've been just making him sharper into changing positions and finding value in doing that. And I've noticed already there's so much carryover into what I actually want it to do. Like I want it to fix my down emotion, but uh, I've, I've, instead of addressing that directly, I'm working on the foundation skills that are involved in that. Yep. And his understanding of finding his advantage in, mm. in doing what he's told in various exercises. And I already see an improvement in the down emotion without ever having worked on it directly. It's not something I'm working on directly. Yeah. And so, uh, again, I'm sort of reminded myself in the power of foundation skills and as I travel around sort of teaching, I, I, I definitely see some people get kind of frustrated at me when they want help with a specific thing. It's a, you know, like one particular problem. Yep. And rarely, if ever, will I say, okay, like this is the fix to that problem because that it's problem- It's the satellite, it's not the core. That's right. And mm. there's no point in fixing it yep. because it, it, that will then express itself somewhere else. Yep. That that issue that you have is-, yep. is You like, kill one, two, pop up. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it- like, you know, there's disgusting analogies for it. Like it's like a, it's like you've got a, uh, an abscess. Like that is where the, that's where it's bursting through the skin. Yeah. But the actual, like bursting that isn't going to help. Right. Yep. Like got, that, it looks better now. got to remove it. Yeah. But the abscess continues to grow and it'll yep. burst through somewhere else yep. later. Right. Yep. So we've got to actually get to the core of it and yep. fix that problem. And I know some people are frustrated by that, but it's worth the, it's worth the effort. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's, it's no different than when I talk about aggression training. Yeah. Exactly the same. Like, and that's why I call it peeling the onion. Yeah. Lots of layers and then there's tears at the center. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's funny. We both did seminars on aggression during the year and didn't have a single dog erupt aggressively at them. <laughs> and, and that's the same th deal. Like that can yeah. be, a, that can be frustrating because yeah. you want to show something, but also it but means you don't want to ruin something. That's right. Either. You're on the right yeah. track from doing that. And yeah. that's about foundation stuff. And you have to try and explain to people then it's like, Hey, 
Like we can bring out the behavior, no problem. And we can punish it, but that's not the that's not gonna that's mm. gonna put a band aid on right here right now. That's not gonna fix this dog in the long term. So that's an interesting thing, and uh, I guess that's a topic worth talking about in general. Anyway, is because it's kind of like when you listen to shock jocks on on radio. You know, like they use a lot of extreme things to really energize people immediately. And I do see some trainers do that. They're quite extreme in the way they do things, and they get people whipped up and excited about it. But the problem is that people translate that as, oh, that's exactly what I want to do and I want to get there right now. Yeah. But what they're not seeing, and this is the important side of it because let me rewind a little bit. Narelle showed me a, a video of like a bunch of Rottweilers playing with a little Frenchie the other day and she said, oh, isn't it amazing that they all get along? And I said, they did on that day. <laughs> you know? And I said, that doesn't mean that they all – now, I'm not trying to say that anything happened, or but it could happen. But what you often see in those videos is the best of. Mm-hmm. Like you see that the day that everything went right. Yeah. What about the times where things didn't go right? Going back to, to what I've been filming with Ladybug, there's been plenty of frustrating videos where I've looked at them and gone, fuck, that was just – that was a really annoying day. Yeah. But I had to go through that, and that's what people have to understand. You need to go through that. And that's quite okay. This is a pathway to the journey. And this, you know, when you're talking about the establishment in foundation skills, you need to go through that. You have to experience that. That's part of the, it's it's part of the whole. It's, you know, like people say, well, that wasn't my favorite day of training. Where I look at that now and I think, well, actually that was, that was a real learning day in training. You know, not just because I, it was easy and I achieved success and it looked great, but the other stuff where I thought, how do I counter that? How do I get through this? Like, what do I need to do? How do I need to reestablish this connection with the dog? Am I going too fast? Are the increments too much? Like, is the time gap too too intense? Do I need to chunk it down more? So I'm all for the foundation. I'm totally with you on that. I, I really think that that is something that people need to deep dive back into that area and really have a good, hard look at that. Yeah. It's just impossible to do too much work on the foundation. Yeah, um, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. No one ever looked at a house and went, ah, this thing's built on too strong a foundation. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. Oh, hey, mm. got a New Year's resolution? No. You don't? No. Come on. I don't believe in them. Yeah. Rather than being killjoy about it, one of the things I kind of look at is why does it take a new year to to want to improve yourself, to want to be better in things? Uh, I agree with that. And I, I believe in having goals for years. The, the goal, yeah. And and something being measurable and achievable, right? And like a, a, some sort of benchmark is a, yep. a better idea than a resolution. What did Jimmy Mulholland put up in the Balance Symposium the other day? Was it a plan without a goal is just a wish? Yeah. Some, yeah that, well, that's a good saying for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I still like to have a resolution. Yeah? Yeah. Have you got one? Yeah. What is it? I'm going to make up more funny nicknames for people when I meet them. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> so, like, don't we do that regardless anyway? Yeah, but like I'm going to say them out loud. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because, like, I think that resolutions have to be – if you're going to have a news resolution, I think that it needs to be one that's a bit fun. Yeah. Right? Because I think you're dead right. you got to have goals and, and yearly, you know, uh, achievement uh, settings and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. But I also think it's fun to have a New Year's resolution that you remember. Yeah. Uh, like I think my one of my previous ones was to drink less cider but more scotch. Yeah. Right? Like I, that, <laughs> how's that worked out? It worked out fine. I drank yep. yeah that year. Yeah. I think I achieved it. <laughs> um, 
And so this year, I think my goal, and people will probably, you know, you might experience this if, I, if and when I meet you through the year, is I'm going to make up more on-the-spot nicknames for people and start referring to them as that. Yep. So you're, you're just going to go- You're hey, now Beardface. Beardface. <laughs> 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 you sure you don't want to have one? I'll think on it. Yeah. I'll see. Think up a fun resolution. See, see if I can come up with a good one. Yeah. That's actually a good lead in that if you're listening to this episode. If you're listening, not, you heard it. Why, why, <laughs> why not share what your New Year's resolution is? Yeah. Like in the comments, um, just put down what your New Year's resolution is. If it's something, it doesn't have to be funny. Um, it can be something serious. Like let's start a thread on it. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't have to be funny, but it should be. It should be. Yeah. yeah. How dare you, sir? Yeah. Mm. Oh, how good's the artwork Avery did? I don't think people realise how good an artist she is, that she sketched that up and pretty much drew it together in two days. Yeah. Avery is very spontaneous with her art, but she's also dead on with it too. Like she gets it in one go. Yeah. Her and I just had a bit of dialogue. We were going backwards and forwards and I said, look, I really want to pick your brain again if you don't mind. I'd love to Pat's whole how dare you, sir. I think it's hilarious. I'd love to put on a shirt. And uh, she goes, oh, I was thinking about doing something like that, which was quite funny. And she goes, but I'll do it for you guys, which is cool. And I said, that'd be great. Within a couple of hours, and then she had work ahead of us, but within a couple of hours, she had thrown something together on a rough bit of paper and just um, photographed it and sent it to me. I said, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I said, we, you know, we've got to get Pat in on this to, yeah. to have a look at it. So over a couple of days, uh, she put that artwork together and Avery, you are incredible with your art. Yeah. And, uh, and I really appreciate the time that you make for us as well. So you've done the the whole Fenton one and now the How Dare You Sir, which is part of our Avery collection. I really like in the picture that the the Mally is like saying it with such conviction yes. and the Roddy's just rolling his eyes. Yeah, there's such con- <laughs> conviction and contempt in, in two. <laughs> How dare you point out what I don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Oh, and Zoe did us the banners as well while we're thanking yes. our, our, yes. our in-house our artists. Our close personal Canadian friend, Zoe Needy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so that's super cool as well. It's funny, um, Zoe messaged me the other day and she goes, since you and Pat messaged me on a show the other day, she goes, all of a sudden I'm getting friend requests from people all over the world. And she goes, and one dude speaks Spanish and I can't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to get that because there's something wrong with my Facebook pages app. And so I make the photos, the banner things per episode, and I can't change it. So yep. normally I, I, I can only post it and there's something wrong with my app and I've down, I've deleted it and blah, 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 but I can't change the banner. Yeah. And so I can do it, only do it off a PC, which I'm hardly ever in front of. So now- You've, you've put it up, they're yeah. staying there, happy. And she's a great little artist too. She's got an Instagram site says, I, I go, go by, by Zoe. Zoe. Yeah. Yep. So check it out. She does cat and dog portraits for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to conscript her for some work, you can reach her through Instagram and she can uh, do something for you if you want. Yep. Mm. We've got some amazing people, haven't we, like who are yeah, yeah. part of our, our collective, you know, part of our industry who they'll drop everything to help. Yeah. It just, it really goes to show the, the medal of some people out there. Yeah. Um, what else was cool in 2019? What did you enjoy? Definitely the ICP conference. I know we've, we've waterlogged that a little bit out throughout the episode, but I had a ball there. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know, um, I didn't kind of let on to people at the time, but when I went over there, I was sick as a dog. Mm. I'd spent probably the, the four weeks before that in, terrible pain. I had some sort of 
midsection infection going on or something like that. Doctors couldn't find out what it was. I was on like strong antibiotics and backwards and forwards, having every conceivable test to think of. And I've, here I am thinking the worst possible thing. Fortunately, the pain just subsided enough for me to not have to cancel everything and be able to go over there. But it was, yeah, I was in a shit state when I went over there. But it actually improved more and more and more as I was over there, which was good. When I came back, it sort of just completely cleared up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a stress-related thing. I don't know. But it was just, uh, it was terrible. Oh, well, it's good that it went away. I think you saw me at Sean's at yeah, one stage. Yeah. I was buckled over in pain. I was just in dire straits. And that was that was a good one. There was time before that, like I'd be lying in bed just convulsing with like sheer pain. And the Jeez. doctor said, we might have to consider surgery. And I thought, on what? We don't even know what it is. Going to amputate the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the fun side of it, but the fun, the other fun side of it was um, meeting some amazing people over there. Um, one of the highlight people I met, I mean, everybody is great, don't get me wrong, but um, Janet Hanley, she was a, I know we've said it before, yeah, yeah. she was hysterical. Yeah, she's a good time. Yeah. She is a very, fu- like she, you, you talk about hilarity and comedy and stuff like that. She can just be hilarious and funny nonstop. Yeah, beat after beat. To the point where you're kind of thinking, I, I don't know how much longer I can stay around her because my ribs are starting to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> she like Katrina with her memes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's yeah. been great too that Katrina's been getting some headlines, that, like how yeah. many people have really enjoyed her contribution. Yeah, like, I don't know how you can't. That's the. She, you're right. She's an amazing person. Her, you can't not feel like that. Yeah, she she's a lovely, infectious, beautiful person and I think we're all much richer in personality for knowing her. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think uh, what one of the things I really liked about 2019 was seeing Jay come back out here and, and yeah. keep JRC going. Yep. Uh, you know, Jazz is doing a pretty fucking amazing job of pushing that along. It's like, trust me, I know it's hard to I- I import a sport, right? Yep. Like uh, we've, we're banging our heads against the wall with PSA, trying to get it going here. We've got a lot of obstacles. Yep. Um, some just physical obstacles of distance, you know, and difficulty in that way. And then there's people actually trying to obstruct it. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, I, I know that, I know the ass pain and the trouble she's going through because she's facing the exact same things. Yeah. But yeah, she's been working her ass off and it was good to see a bunch of events happen here. It's good to see that what's, what's interesting about that GRC is that for an American sport and that's where it's been for its, you know, infancy is now has more success in, in Australia, Australia <laughs> than anywhere else. So that's cool. I'm proud of us for that. Yeah. And while we're there, let's segue over to Jazz's development and mm. growth because you must be extremely proud of her. Oh, mate, I am. But I mean- I, I know I you love have, her dearly as do I. Yeah. Um, I only I mean, have the right to be so proud of her. She's done it all herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's been amazing. We need to actually get her back on because if you remember, she was one of the first- people that we had on the show, right? She was. And the intention was for us to follow a trainer's, a new trainer to the industry's journey. Yeah. And but so- But how can people not see it? No, exactly. Right? I mean, so- I mean, they don't need her to come on the show. I mean, she's welcome to anytime she wants, of course, but they don't yeah. need her to come on the show to, to see a success because, I mean, look at her. She's gone from Wallflower to- international yeah. seminar coach now. Yeah. Well, she's gone from, hey, I, I literally just got out of the army and I'm going to be doing dog training. I've, I, right now I'm volunteering at a kennel to yeah. try and get my hands on some more dogs to now being invited, you know, all over the to, world to, to, the world, to yeah. teach. Mm. And I think she does a great job of it. And the, the runs are on the board, right? I think that the GRC thing has been excellent for her because there's the evidence, right? It, it's such an important dog sport as well. 
yeah. um, for something that it's PSA is amazing. I think it's a great sport uh, for for a dog sport, for a biting dog sport. Yeah. GRC is amazing because it's very inclusive. Yeah. You know, there are so many dogs. That, I mean, almost any dog can do it. Yeah. It is something that, uh, especially as we've talked about on the show before, and I, I know, again, it's something that we've waterlogged many times before, but especially for troubled dogs, dogs that really need to get out there and, and um, do some work because of the, because of the saying that I'm very familiar with is that idle hands are the devil's tools. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of dogs out there. A lot of those dogs that have been involved in failed rescue and so forth, they really benefit from something like GRC, you know, not considering something like that for a dog that really needs to do something and be active and, you know, untangle some of the the knots in its mind something like grc is is incredibly important yeah and you're right jazz has done an amazing job of not only maintaining it but also growing it here in australia as well yeah you know and her support network with jay and mandy has been incredible as well they've been amazing people i mean i know that jay makes himself readily available i mean geez man i see how much input he has on people on his forums Mm -hmm. you know like that guy's a busy guy. He's got his BJJ school. He's got his GRC thing that's been going gangbusters around the place. And he puts all that time and effort into answering people's questions when they're asking things. Yeah. Like, seriously, he's a good dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think one, like, GRC and PSA kind of mesh with us so well is because it fits our ethos of the cool story, show me your dog. Yeah. Because, uh, you get a lot of people talking about how tough their dogs are and their breeding yep. and PSA is the, the barrier to entry to PSA is your dog. Yeah. Right. Like you have to have a decent dog. It, it is a real test of courage on the dog. It, right. It, it definitely so is. So no matter how good a trainer you are, if you don't have the right dog, it's not going to, you're not going to succeed if your dog doesn't have the strength. Yep. So for people who want to talk about how good their breedings are, well, that's a, that's a testing ground where we can show that. Of course you do need a good trainer, but you, you do have to show us that. Right? The combination needs to be yeah. right. But also then I think GRC is fantastic because you, any dog is capable of participating in some way, shape or form. Mm. And now it's a test of your training. So you yep. get a lot of people that, are, you know, this is, this is the way, this is what I think. And it's like, cool, well, should give us a demo. Yep. Like, here you go. You can hit the field and you can trial your dog. Yep. And that's, you know, why for me, I, I've put my time and effort into the two of those and less into GRC. I'm more of a passenger on BRC, but I, you know, You've I'm, well. I'm, I'm coming along well. with the ride. Like we've got yeah. that first leg of the SR two with Remy yep. and I'm a judge like of the SRs. Like I'm, yep. I'm helping it out as much as I can, but my focus is on PSA. That's, that's where, that's where the money is for me. Yeah. But I think both of those sports at together, they, they sort of, even though they're so polar opposite, they dovetail well together. They do. And it's a proving ground. Like yes. here, show us what you got. Yep. Right. They and, do. Yeah. Stop talking, more showing. Yep. Yeah. What else about 2019? Roger Branty's. <laughs> so that's a big deal for you. Are you still in touch with him? Are you still, still I ha- talking not, to Look, him? I haven't for a while simply because there's a couple of reasons, mainly because of how busy we are. Mm-hmm. You know, like I randomly message him every now and then and he does reply. You just say, is, hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. It's me, Glenn. I love you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I just keep saying, did you get the card? Did you get the flowers? <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> I want to cut off your skin and wear it to my birthday like a jacket. The the <laughs> <laughs> the um top off for me would be to meet Robert Sapolsky. Yeah, Uncle Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby. So if we uh, if we do get a, a fantastic chance to meet with and even interview Robert Sapolsky, that I think I've pretty much hey here's here's off. one for the ISCP. Yeah, get Uncle Bobby to come and speak. That but would be maybe 
That would be something that would yeah. be pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I couldn't imagine he'd come cheap, but still, mm. whatever, pay the money. Well, if there's anyone that's, I'm not charging. Tried- I'm not charging the speaker's fee so they can give mine to him. <laughs> that's right. It's very kind of you. If there's anybody out there who does have a connection to him at all, like mm. if there's anybody who's listening and- Please apologise to him for us calling him Uncle Bob. <laughs> it's just that we love him. It's, yeah, it's a term of affection. <laughs> it's an Aussie thing. I sometimes wonder if people like him understand the impact they've had into other fields. I like, don't think he does. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he has any idea that at every dog training seminar, people are referring to the Dopamine Jackpot and, yep. and the effect that has and that so many dog trainers are reading his work and applying it to dog training. I wonder if there's any carrier, like if he has any idea because, you know, it's, we're such a niche market mm. that um, you know, human brain science is really where people are, you know, putting their time, effort, energy. Yeah, and I guess that podcasts have become so popularised there'd be like a myriad of people reaching out to him, hey, come on my podcast, come on my podcast. I mean, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm in podcast groups where people are just randomly looking for every random Joe to come on there, yeah. but they'd also be pestering all the um, high-level people too because it's good for your show. I think you to know? get an indicator of how hard it is to get Robert Sapolsky on a podcast, Joe Rogan only got him for one hour and he had to go to him and it's, I think it's one of only a few times that Joe's ever done a podcast outside of his own studio. Wow. Yeah. He had to go to his hotel room and set up the, like, set up the show microphone on the table. Yeah. To, to get an hour with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's people around the world that once they get to a point in their career where they're successful in what they do, they kind of evaluate it and think, well, why do I need to do this anymore? I doubt it would be that. I think it would be just be time, right? I think it would yeah. be like, He's on. He's in demand. Yeah, yeah. He's a man in demand, and he's he's an active researcher. So he's, yeah, he's still doing stuff. It's not like he's just resting on his laurels. Depends where your passion is as well. I mean, some people enjoy doing interviews, and some people just don't. Yeah, like as you said, if he's a active researcher and that's where his his passion lies, he would probably think I'd rather be out in the field than sitting in a studio talking to a couple of schmoes. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of dickheads with microphone that call me Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby Sapolsky. Uncle Bobby Sapolsky. Disrespectful yep. fucks. <laughs> you know what? I, I had a good time when Mike Suttle came out here. That was a good time as well. He's an amazing dude. Yeah. In so many ways. I mean, you can't not enjoy your time with Mike Suttle. The guy is like a legit badass sort of guy, mm. but he doesn't promote that either. He doesn't walk around with that stigma about it. You just know that he's he's a capable dude. I mean, he's a NRA sharpshooter. He's been, you know, like he travels around the country. Is that a real term, NRA sharpshooter? No. <laughs> something, something I just made up. But, uh, I mean, the, the guy is, well, he's a, a, an accredited and he's a very highly ranked marksman. We'll call him that. that. That's a that's a term, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, he was a he was actually a marine marksman instructor. Yep. But him and his lady Megan, mm-hmm. they are quite accomplished in their active pastime, which yeah. is uh, marksmanship. Yeah. And he's teaching his, his sons to do it right as well. Not only that, I mean, his dogmanship is is amazing too. Yeah. You know, he's a great instructor. The guy is legit. He's got all the rungs on the board. But one thing I really like about Mike is he's an absolute consummate professional mm-hmm. and a gentleman as well. Mm-hmm. Absolute great guy. Easy to be around. Yeah. Um, easy to host. You know, like he's he's professional to a T. He's on time. He's ready. He's organized. He's structured. Um, everything's ready to go. Fantastic guy. Can't say enough great things about him. Like I know um, Terry and Amanda hosted him just recently and I think Emma is going to host him at one stage. I, 
like host the guy. You'll learn bucket loads of information off him. Yeah, he's a great guy to to um, host, and he's a he's a great guest to have as well. Yeah, he's got that detection series going on at the moment. Yeah, he's training a dog live, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, get on board with that. Check I mean, that if out. you want to learn anything great about working dogs for law enforcement or detection work, Mike Suttle is definitely a person that you need to um, consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, I know this is going to ruffle feathers, mm. so just be political in your answer. Yep. Who was your favourite guest to have on? During 2019. My favourite guest? Yeah. I'm going to have to say Jay. Yeah? Yeah. Jay has a way about him where I think he is very comical. Like, and I know, again, this is one of the things I say regularly and I have done many times. He's missed his calling as a comedian. Mm -hmm. He's a very funny guy. However, Jay is very multi-layered. And I think that's why I do like speaking with Jay. Like, he is... Far more than he's a transformer. He's more than meets the eye. Mm. You know, there are so many complexities to Jay Jack. You've got to really listen to Jay. He hides a lot of intelligent retort in a lot of humor that he does. But when you actually listen to him and you go back and, and think about things that he's saying, and it's not only that, not only his dog training side, but even in his BJJ analogies and so forth. I mean, He's a person that doesn't credit himself as being a highly intelligent person, but he's a fucking highly intelligent person. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I yep. think I enjoy having Jay on the show because he's been on many times, but it's, he's effortless. Like yep. it, it yeah. is, It's just a real conversation that yep. you just shoot the shit with a friend yep. and it's interesting and people enjoy the episodes, but it really is like, you know, I, I always tell Jay's family, you know, like he, it's a, it's an easy back and forth. Like you could easily go, oh shit, we've been talking for three hours. Like, yep. you know, like it, uh, and not, not get bored or not search for, oh, what do I ask this guy next? Not that we really have had too many people where you, you've got to do that, but, but some people are a difficult interview. Well, um, if you listen to the mixtape, like most people that I was speaking to was about 20 minutes time mm-hmm. with Jay. I mean, I, I probably could have talked to him for a solid three hours because yeah, we were just- easy. If we were just lost in conversation and I actually had to cut it off at the end because I'm thinking, fuck, this is just going to go forever. Yeah. It reminds me of the time that I went motorbike riding from Munich to Italy. And when we went through Austria, like I wanted to stop and take a picture of this town that we were looking at because it was just the most breathtaking scenery that I've ever seen. Like it come around a corner and it was like this little church on a, on a cliff face with all these beautiful little chalets around it and it had and it was flowering because it was that time of year and had these flowers draping from all the balconies down i just think that is the most amazing scenery i've ever seen so i'd stop and take a picture of it and then we'd go around another corner and you just think holy shit you know like i've just seen the most amazing scenery this has been trumped by the most amazing scenery i've ever seen Uh so you'd stop and take a picture of that you go around another corner yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it'd be another one that was just more breathtaking. And it's that's kind of an analogy of having a conversation with Jay. Like you're having a conversation with him and he'll drop a bombshell and you think, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, like that was funny and entertaining and there was value in that. And then he'll be five minutes later and he's dropping another bombshell. Yeah. I just think that that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But holding, as you said, he's effortless and having conversations with people like that is a lot of fun. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It, it is just fun. Yeah. And um, and ultimately that's on the back of why we wanted to do this was it we wanted to make it informative, like but we also wanted to have fun doing it too. Yeah. There's no point in doing a lot of these things if you're not having fun. Yeah. Because there's so many things in life that are not fun. And for me, you know, like sitting down with you, having a conversation like we are now or you know, having a guest in our 
our studio or someone that we're dialing into, someone that we haven't spoken to before or someone that we've spoken to a myriad of times, this is a highlight for me. Mm. You know, you asked me what one of my highlights are and now I'm thinking about it, it's it's this. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes just being in the moment and having those times, it's it's like Yoda asking Luke in The Empire Strikes Back. He's, he says, you're always thinking about the past and the future, never in the now. And sometimes when I've been sitting here talking to you guys, listening or, or listening to a conversation, I'm thinking, this is pretty fucking cool. Mm. You know, like I'm I'm in the now of doing something that's pretty amazing. You know, like we're making history. We're recording something with with people that may have never been spoken about before, and that's mm. pretty damn cool. Mm. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. You know what I learned in 2019? What's that? When there's a whole bunch of Facebook drama going on, you can just not get involved. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> or, or you can, yeah, or you can, yeah. But like, I'm quite happy now in just going like, huh, I don't care about that, and yeah. and scrolling past, or even just like unfollowing people that are drama causes. I I have done a little bit of that. I've um I've taken some people off my friendship list, which yeah. uh some I've been sad about, and some I haven't been so sad about. But I've it, it's always been for the same reason. I thought well. It was past you. They're people that I find annoy me um, when I read their posts, and I'm probably the same for other people as well. Like if if I annoy people, uh, if they if my posts annoy them or things that I do, I would respectively say remove me as a friend. Yeah. Well, just this year, you know, we spoke about it when it was happening, but uh, there's some people who just their content is so negative and it's so. There's just some stuff that it's just a buzzkill to see every time. And they're industry professionals, so you kind of feel like, oh, well, I have to follow these accounts because, like, I need to know what's going on. Yeah, but you don't. No, you don't. You don't yep. at all. And I just – I, uh, in fact, when we are in Canada, it was one of the times where I just said to you, I was like, I don't know why. Like, I, I saw something come up in my feed, and I was just like – it made me angry as soon as I saw it. And I just thought, why the fuck do I follow this person? Yep. Like, why am I doing this? And yep. unfollow. And then someone recently was like, oh, I just see this thing old mate did. And I go, no, huh? I didn't. <laughs> and, and don't even tell me about it because I don't care. Yep. And I'm really blissfully ignorant of it. And I feel like that's something that I sort of, as a, uh, as a, on a personal note, definitely uh, matured in 2019 was just removing sources of, uh, no, like not, information I disagree with like that. You got to be careful not to do that and put yourself in an echo chamber, Yeah, but just like uh, negativity, just, yeah. just sources of people who really are only there to want to watch the world burn. Yeah. And just, mm. just not paying any attention to it. And and yep. the, the thing is like they, they only have like what I often say of people on social media that have big followings and all that sort of stuff. And, and certainly this came up a lot with the, the problem um, well, not the problem with the ISCP, the alleged problems with the ISCP, which then turned out to be not a problem at all is that these people, they only have the power you give them, Yep. right? And so, like, everybody in the world, like, all of the, the masters you have, they only have the power you give them, Exactly. Right? And so you just don't give them any power and they're powerless. It's like that Simpsons episode, one of the Halloween ones, where all of the billboards come to life yep. and they have that song, Just Don't Look, right? Yep. It's totally like that. Like, as soon as you stop paying attention to it, they don't have an audience, they – they just stop and, and they can go as hard as they want, but to themselves and they will in their personal life. And I don't think something that's occurred to me is, you know, I've kind of known this for a while, but it's really solidified is that people 
it's not that social it's not that there's suddenly more assholes in the world it's just that you're exposed to more assholes and and it's not that there's more whinging in the world it's just that you're exposed to more whinging mm. through social media and you control your exposure to those people i think it's important to be careful not to put yourself in an echo chamber and only follow people and be with people whose opinions you agree with it's certainly important to expose yourself to a lot of uh, content but like how people frame that content is really important, I think. Yep. Yep. And like I say, I'm in a lot of force-free sort of dog training groups. It's not that I'm trying to like cut that out of my life, but I because I, I want to see what you people still need are up to. to. You, you still need to consider the best of it too because yeah. there is some profound information that comes out of, from time to time. And, you know, going back to our, our list of uncles, Uncle Geordie P, mm-hmm. um, Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. he talks about uh, how when he comes home, his wife won't agree with everything that he's thinking or doing, even though he's this, you know, speaking of profound people, he's a, he's, he, is, he is a profound person. But he will say that, you know, I'll come home, my wife doesn't agree with everything I say. And she he said, and nor should she. Yeah. You know, and he said, but that's what keeps people grounded and that's what keeps them, them balanced as well. Because if you just find yourself around agreeable people all the time, you develop a, a bit of a stigma about who you are and what you are. Yeah. Whereas sometimes when you're with a council of people who – I find that that some of the people here who care most about me are the most honest people with me as well. Yeah. You know, like, of course. uh, Yeah. They're not afraid to sit down and say, this happened or you said this or not in a negative way, but in a way that encourages reflection and growth. You know, talking about resolutions and so forth, I think that's an ongoing resolution anyway, is that um, sometimes you need to listen to the people around you who do care about you because they're saying it for all the right reasons. Yeah. I, I recently, I won't say his name because I know he listens and and I won't, it doesn't need to be a public thing, but recently I saw him commenting on something on Facebook and his comments were out of character. Yep. And instead of, you know, you have the, you have got a couple of options and you can just scroll past or you can make a decision about that person in your head or you can get involved in it, whatever. And I messaged him and I was like, Hey, you're all right. And he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, well, you're being an asshole to people, right? Like what's going on there? And if I didn't care, then he was a bit kind of worried that I was, you know, mad at him or whatever. But I was like, no, I only do that because I do care about you. I, I know like who you're you. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I only message you because I like you. Yeah. Right. And if I didn't like you, then I'd be like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah. But now it's like, hey, you're all right. Because that's not, I know that's not who you are. You, you're, you're expressing yourself out of character. Yep. And what's going on? How did this come to be? And then we had a little chat about it and it's all fine. Right. But it's just, I think that's, they're the options that you have. I think people sometimes mistake when you like someone doesn't mean that you have to uh, agree with them all the time. That's what if, I mean. It's you just, if you're being agreeable just for the sake of trying to avoiding conflict, avoid conflict or savor a friendship. Is it really a friendship? That's right. If you can't have conflict amongst your friends, then they're not your friends. Yeah. Right. If, if your friendship's going to fall apart over a disagreement, yep. then it's not you and I have a very open friendship where we can talk about almost anything. Yeah, totally. Um, and and I appreciate that. I, I think, think it's important. Yeah, you know, I have a, a very small group of of people that I trust and uh, appreciate their counsel. You're definitely one of them. It's refreshing for me to have that because I mean, look, I've I've spent my life around the people who sometimes don't want to offend me and are agreeable with things I say, and I don't think that helps you with your growth. In saying that, there's other people who would come to me and say things and I just say, fuck off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to have those people. Like all the Patreon content that, that I put out, all those videos that I do, right? Yep. 
there's probably, depending on the topic of the content, there's between three and five people that I send that to before it goes online. Yep. And I say, hey, what's your feedback on this? And they're people who I know will give me critical feedback. Yep. And some of the things get changed drastically, right? You didn't explain this well enough, all right? And and so I might send it to someone who I know won't understand it because that's my audience, right? Yep. I don't want people that go, yeah, you did that well because they know what I'm talking about exactly anyway and it's just a refresher for them. I send it to people who don't know what I'm talking about and they yep. say, no, I don't get it. And if they don't get it, it's my fault. Oh, especially if two of them write back and say that this part doesn't make sense. Well, it yeah. doesn't make sense, right? And I think it's super important to have those people in your life yeah, yeah. And, and not insulate yourself from that. Yep. And that's been a big learning point for me in 2019, especially in the dog that's world. Good. Because that's good. That's, that's very important critical thinking. Yeah, you got to, man. And, mm. and especially in the dog world where people are so quick to, first of all, Quick to uh, make judgment, yep. but also people are also so quick to be offended as well. So we kind of live in this kind of melting pot, uh, like this pressure cooker of online fights. And you yep. see it all the time. And I just am not interested in getting involved in that shit. And I, I like to really consider people's opinions. Like, how did you get to that? Like, and and, and is this constructive feedback or is this just assholery? And yeah. if it's just assholery, then congratulations to you, sir. Good day. Yeah. Um, but if it's constructive feedback, we take it and we, we apply it and we move on. I think that's a very important or a very valuable thing that I picked up from you during the year is looking at things and expanding on the circumference of it. Mm-hmm. So rather second than- Second and third order Second effects. and third order. I know that's been a very important growth factor in something I've picked up on as well mm-hmm. is because there have been times and using social media as the layer cake- there have been times where I've seen things and I've gone to comment on them. I've actually written in there and I thought, no, I'm not going to actually post that. There's no point to me adding anything to it because all I'm doing is just adding petrol to the fire. Mm -hmm. So why don't I just see where it goes and maybe again, taking your advice, private message the person rather than public message it and just say, what were you thinking about when you were putting that up there? Yeah. And I appreciate that there's a couple of people who've done that when I put posts up. Where yeah, yeah. There's some that I've removed over the year that I've put up and people have said, were you being funny when you put that up or is that coming from a dark place? And I kind of looked at it and thought, maybe that was coming from a dark place. That needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. Me and Rip had this conversation during the year that was so far beyond the understanding of a four-year-old but it made me really understand something. You know, he's my kid is obsessed with superheroes. It's superheroes everything, right? He dresses up as a different superhero every day. We're Marvel obsessed. <laughs> it's everything superheroes, right? Yep. And one day in the car, he says to me, like, how come, since superheroes always beat the bad guys, how come there's so many bad guys? Like, where do all these bad guys keep coming from? And I'm kind of tap dancing, thinking about, like, oh, like how do you answer this to a four-year-old? And he says to me, you know what? Maybe beating a bad guy or even killing a bad guy creates another bad guy. (laughs) And I was like, son, you just solved like the crisis in the Middle East. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you could be in charge of like international and foreign policy, you would just have created world peace, like certainly. But then I was explaining to him and it's something that we see a lot in any sort of arguments, but especially in the dog world, is that nobody is the villain in their in their version of yeah. events, right? Yeah. Nobody is the bad guy in their telling of the story. Yeah. And the what, reason what's, what's and, the guy from The Walking Dead? Negan. Negan. He yeah. yeah he used that quote in yeah. in uh, one of their last seasons, and that for me was a bombshell when he yeah. dropped that one. I thought, wow. Yeah. And and what I end up saying to Rip, and thank God it just went straight over his head, was that I said, you know, the thing about like the good guys always winning is because 
good guys get to tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> and so they paint themselves as the good guy. Yeah. But as I was explaining that to him, uh, I was just reflecting on that in that everybody, whatever they're doing, they have a reason for what they're doing. And it's seldom that they're just an asshole. It seldom is, right? Yeah. Now, that sometimes people are just assholes, but they had they got to being an asshole in, some, in one way, shape, or, or form. Like, there was a set of events that led to them thinking what they're doing is the right thing, Yep. right? It's a special psychopath that goes out of their way, like, is actually like, I am the bad guy. I'm going to do bad things, right? That just doesn't... That's but it still rare. feels right to them. It still yeah, feels exactly. justified, right? Like even though they know it's a bad thing, it's it's still yeah, they feels deserve, right. They deserve it or whatever. It, yeah, it's their turn or whatever. But so anyway, that understanding that and just saying to people like, "Hey, explain to me how you got to this point," and and certainly has uh, saved a lot of frustration. But we're a long way from dog training. But I think in the dog industry, that it's such a volatile industry where people fight so much that understanding that and really taking a step back and saying like, Hey, yeah, but we're not just dog training. We're dog industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're allowed to jump all over other topics because that there's inc- no one to stop us. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? The podcast police going to bust into our room and say, stick to the topic. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Scott Pilgrim Saves the World? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, yeah. They, they have this stupid part in the movie where there's this guy who's going out with his ex and he's a vegan, where he proclaims that he's a vegan. Uh-huh. But then Scott Pilgrim taints his coffee with milk. So right. he actually he drinks it. And then these two guys come running in the room from vegan police. The vegan police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the funniest parts of the movie. I, I mean, it's a silly movie, full stop, but it, it's still a movie that I found a lot of silly comedy in. I think he says something to that guy at one point. He goes, which I, a line I've used many times where he says, thank you for that unsolicited advice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim saves the world. An hour and a half, you'll never get back, but you'll thank me later. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe. Yeah. What else is going on 2019, Glenn? For me, something I wanted to say is like what an amazing year I've had. And I know we've I've said it a few times that I really, really want to sort of make sure people understand how thankful I am of the opportunities people have given me this year to have been invited so many places to speak. I think I did 12 public seminars and sort of countless That's private cool. ones. Yeah. Mm. And next year's uh, like 2020 is looking to be bigger. Yep. Um, it's just a case of fitting, like it might, might have a really first world problem that you have in business is um, too much demand that I can't supply, um, which is amazing. Terrible and, problem to have. Yeah. And mm. it's, uh, it's for me, it's overwhelming. I, I'm, I'm so thankful that people give a shit and, mm. and are interested in what I have to say. And, and I've get some pretty good feedback. I've had numerous people sort of come to multiple events, which is um, nice. And I can get, you know, ongoing feedback from them. I had people say, you know, who have been one of the earlier seminars I did and and now at my most recent ones and say, you know, tactfully say, not saying your first one was bad because it was good, but now is so much better. Mm. And it's just that I'm refining the process, but also learning how to better teach people. And what yep. I find, so I think one of the things that I really enjoy about what I'm doing at the moment is uh, through teaching, you learn, right? Yep. And every time I teach uh, the system, I learn it better again myself. And mm-hmm. I notice that in my own training and I notice that in the way I'm able to deliver it. Um, and sometimes, you know, you find yourself just talking and you, you're unlocking something as, as you're explaining it. And that's one of the things I enjoy about doing this podcast. Yep. And, and a lot of that Patreon content I've been putting out is really refining techniques. Well, yeah. And it's me working through a problem of my own, right? So it's me explaining something that probably I 
when I'm filming those things, it's usually just because I've been sitting in traffic and I've been sitting in traffic and I have just, um, you know, figured out something and I rush home and start the camera so that I can say it out loud yep. uh, and record it and then watch it back myself and refine it. And then that usually turns into the content. Um, but it, I really honestly have had an amazing year and the opportunities that I've been given have just been unbelievable. And and that's why I feel like so strongly about understanding where people come from and that sort of thing, because I've met, I've met more people in 2019 than I think I have in any other year for sure. Yep. And then that's been amazing. Like I've and made so many different friends and not just people who you'd say like, oh, you know, they're a person that you have on Facebook or you've messaged a couple of times or whatever. Like people, if you see them in the street or on the opposite side of the street, you'd call out to them and be like, hey, come over and talk to me, right? Let's go get yeah. a coffee or whatever. And that's been really amazing. I'm so so thankful for that. And that's been a, a result of the the podcast. Um, but but really, truly, the, it's a result of the opportunities that people have given me to, mm. to, to, to do what I love to do. So really, truly heartfelt thank you from me. Um, and I look forward to doing more of it in 2020, uh, shaping up to be a, you know, huge year. Yeah. Uh, my frequent flyer miles are through the roof. Um, mm. I'm, I'm now a platinum member. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> they call me sir as I enter the plane. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right up there. I still have to see it all Do the way down. they put a the wreath back. on you? Or? No, no, no. They just call me sir and say, welcome back, sir. Mm. And, but I still have to sit in some of the worst seats, but you know, that's life. <laughs> that's because I don't pay any extra. I just fly a lot. I don't pay a lot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, reflecting back, it has been an amazing year. The opportunities that have been presented and the people that I've met and spoken to and continue to speak to, uh, it's been very heartwarming. I maintain this and, I, you know, as a reality check, I, I want to express to people, we're nothing without you. You know, like the show wouldn't go on if people didn't want to listen to it, if people found it contrived and boring and, and um, not fascinating. I appreciate the feedback that people provide on an ongoing basis. I really appreciate the community that's growing and evolving around the canine paradigm. That's been absolutely fantastic. When I look online and I can see the people who are regularly there that get behind us, that support us. I know we say it again, and I'm using this term a lot through this podcast, but and I don't want to ward log it because I don't want to make people feel any less special because I value you all, but the amazing support that we get through Patreon yeah, that's been overwhelming. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting our show. Thanks for believing in us. Thanks for getting behind us. What's crazy is there's over 700 people on that Patreon now. And I remember that day when you were at my house, I think we talked about it on the show, yeah. and I walked in the door and I was like, Glenn, 40 people I know. are on our Patreon. Yeah. Like we were legit like, what? Yeah. 40 people? And now there's 750 something. And it's 750 people that we absolutely... Uh, appreciate every single one of you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the great thing is, is that people, I, I've seen people on their own pages, like promoting and shouting out to other people, hey, jump on this, you know, it's great value. I know Pat's done the lion's share of Patreon, which I immensely appreciate, to be honest, not, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I produce and edit the the, the, the show, <laughs> which does take time. And, you know, and, and Pat's drives out here which does take time you know there's a, there is time that has to go in and energy that has to go into this show but um him doing the patreons regularly is just a godsend because it it's it's another thing that i don't have to constantly think of um when i'm sitting down to edit if we record an hour show it takes four times that length mm. in time to actually edit it so to go through and listen re-listen to the show to patch it all up to upload it you know, it takes time and that's time I can't do during the day. It's time I have to do at night in my own time because 
as we're sitting here right now, like we, I've got a myriad of majority young girls that are giving up their Christmas and New Year's to look after scores and scores of people's dogs and cats. I mean, we, we own quite a few boarding kennels around New South Wales at the moment. They're full to the brim. I've got amazing staff that are working tirelessly to get that done. I've got trainers that are out there training dogs. You've had an experience of amazing growth. We've had an experience of amazing growth. We've got amazing people that are supporting and getting behind us. If you can't tell, I'm just trying to express my overall gratitude to an overwhelmingly amount of people. Another person that I do think is worth bringing up is Melanie Benware. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only her, but the entire committee of the ISCP who have strongly got behind us have supported both yourself and me. You're on the legislative committee. Mm-hmm. I'm actually on the board of directors. They're people who have put their time and energy behind us and really supported the show, supported us as individuals. You guys have been amazing. I hope we can give back as much as you guys give out. It's a huge honour to be asked to be a part of that. Thank you very much. I hope I can serve the membership proudly. We had a good victory in Victoria with the um, Yeah, I'll be careful taking any credit for that but I we, we submitted on behalf and that that a lot of it's people part made. of it still plays a part it's still yeah. it's still a you know but that's that we should talk about that actually because that's a that's a big deal that you know yeah. it shows that you know, the, the Victorian government are willing to listen to people thank, that, thank you Victorian government for being yeah. progressive and I mean that wholeheartedly because I'm very critical of governments yeah I find that governments have a very strong bias. I Just for people who don't know, so Victorian government, which is a state in, South, in the sort of bottom of Australia, had a proposed legislation that was going to ban e-collars by, uh, uh, for use by civilians. It had an exemption for police, military and corrections, and they had submissions available. I wrote, a, I wrote two submissions. I wrote one on behalf of the ISCP, which got the president's signature on it, which pointed out you know, the, the training sort of stuff, and then I did one personally, but I know as well likely thousands of other people did the same because there was a huge call to arms across all of the dog training network in Australia, as well as, you know, Brent Dry put in a lot of effort in corralling people into that and getting getting the submission. So well done to Brent. And the the legislation didn't get through. They've decided to remain with what they had in in regards to e-collars, which is great, which shows that, you know, all these things are worth the effort. You're not just banging your head against the wall. And and the truth of governments, you know, like we're pretty jaded about it, but they do whatever the fuck it takes to stay in power. And if you show them that the majority of people want something, they'll yep. bend to that. And so that's it. It's about corralling everybody together and working towards a single purpose. And, you know, we've, uh, we, we put our ass on the line for the IACP earlier in the year and we'll recognize for that, appreciate it, but really truly think and know we need a strong governing body and the power of a, not a governing body, but a representational body in, in dogs, right? We need yep. a strong representational body and the strength of a representational body comes from its members. Exactly. And so It's about legacy, right? Yeah. So yep. if you're a dog trainer anywhere in the world, because it's international, that's the one we've chosen to support. There's, there's many and maybe they do great jobs, but this is the one that we've just put our weight of effort behind. If you're a dog trainer, no matter where you are in the world, you have no right to complain about the state of affairs if you are not in a body that is looking to represent you. Yep. So join the ISCP if you can. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm, I really have to expressly say to people, consider that as an investment, not as what am I going to get back for, from it. I did an email about this online a while ago and I've, I've spoken about it passionately and with um, conviction you get a legacy. Yeah. You know, it's not just about you, it's about the whole. Because uh, I've had these thoughts myself. 
you know, I've, when I've considered things in the past and I've thought about things myself, I thought, what am I getting out of this? You can't look at it as the singular. You need to look at it as a collective. You need to look at it as what is this going to do for the industry? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Just I, on, on the fees, you should hopefully never know. That's the thing. Like if if they're doing their job and working away in the background, you which should they have, are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should hopefully never know. You, your your job should just c- continue to progress, and you're uninhibited by bad legislation. And that's not all ICP do. They're an education unit. That that's why I think I support them so much is because they're about education for lawmakers and for dog trainers. You yep. know. And so your fees, where they go, you should just be plodding along and not even seeing the battles that they're fighting in the background. Now, let me just say, it's totally open to all the membership what, yeah. the, what the money is in the bank. And let me say, there's not a lot of it. No. There is not a lot of it. When you consider what a lot of the executive need to do, you know, the travel they need to do, the places they need to go. And, and believe me, folks, these people need to be at those meetings. They need to be a part of that. They need to listen. They need to share objectives. I mean, there's a lot of travel that's involved in it. And when there's not a lot of money in the coffers, they have to consider which ones they can go to and which ones they can't. Yeah. Now, there's other organisations out there. When we're talking about you know chicken feed, which the ICP have got in the bank, compared to some of these other organisations that have got millions hundreds and of millions. hundreds of millions of dollars. People like Nana dies and leaves her fucking house to them and shit like That's that. That's right. They're getting properties bequested to them and so forth. Please do yourself a favour. Please go out there and bring in other trainers, bring in clients. I'm not just saying just go out and, and scalp people off the street and get them in for no reason. Like give them a, 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 an understanding of what's in it for them. I think as a, as a dog trainer, again, we're pushing it, but you should be trying to recruit your clients to join as affiliate members. Absolutely. You say, hey, you like what we did? Like if you, if you cultivate change in someone's life – and say, hey, the only reason this is possible is because of organizations like this yep. for 80 bucks or whatever, and they're spending 150 a session with you or whatever, right? So yep. you say that the only reason these sessions could happen is because of an organization organization like this. For $80 a year, you can help support that organization, which helps support me, which helps the next, which allows me to help the next person like you. Yeah. Right? So yeah, good point. do that. Very good point. Do that. Mm. Hey, uh, you just got to be careful naming people when you do big thank things, but I'm going to do one more round of it because you leave, you leave people out, but I don't think yep. we can do a big thank you wind up for the year without mentioning Sean and Janet Edwards oh, yeah. uh, and everything they've done for us during the year. Yep. You know, them and Jerry as well came out to Australia and, and for for them to run a PSA trial for us, you know, it's time away from their schedule. They're not getting paid to be here. It's a, it's a big- Time away from their business, time away from yep. their family. All those things yep. that they're doing for us to yep. help us. No, no profit generation. Yeah, yep. that's right. And so really, really appreciate everything they did for us and yep. the opportunities they give us. And Sean and, and Janet are like family, you know. They're the, amount they're of the times, best people. The amount of times I've been at their house and they've been at mine just this year alone and, yep. and more again next year. So yep. love you guys. Yeah, yeah, they are amazing people. Yeah. Yep. All right, should we wrap it up? Yes. That's it for the wrap-up of 2019 and the intro to 2020. We've got some big interviews organised for this year. Something Glenn mentioned earlier in the year about having to like – prep for interviews a lot of people send us stuff on like hey you should interview this person and we learned kind of the hard way last year not to do that right so i need to (laughs) i need to really look into the people and know them and maybe they're the best people on the planet and maybe they're great big giant frauds and i'd rather not find that out while we're interviewing halfway through the show yeah yeah and so 
I guess what you're trying to say is that we want people on the show that are going to add value to it, that yeah. you're going to be the beneficiary of it. Yeah. That when you listen to it, you're going to think, fuck, that blew my socks off. Yeah. That's something that Pat and I want to do as well. We want to have people on the show that not only educate you, but also educate us. But you so, know, I, f- I think that's important. But so a lot of people ask, you know, can we get this person on the show? And and I definitely am super, we want to do a lot more interviews and people we don't know, but the problem is they just have to have that research time. It does take time to it, like look into people and make sure that they they are, follow the ethos of what we want on the show. Um, so if you've got a synopsis on them as well, you can- Yes, you that's can what I'm asking. So when you send people, when you ask for, uh, get people on the show- please send me if they're people I don't know, because chances are if they're people in the industry that, you know, that we know we've had them on already. Right. So send me, when you do say, Hey, can you get this person on? Send me as much background information and as many relevant links as you can so that I can get in, I can, you know, know what questions I'm going to ask this person. Because first of all, it's rude just to get somebody on the show and be like, okay, tell us your story, right. Without (laughs) knowing yourself, you got to have a background, but also I just want to be careful that we're not promoting someone who, isn't in line with not necessarily with how we train dogs because we want to ex- expand that, but ethically in line with us is what I'm saying. There is a movement of people who have requested that we get Victoria Stillwell on the show. So what I'm saying is that we're not. Let's do it. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> what I'm saying is, yeah, let's do it. What I want to do is, if there's anybody out there who knows Victoria Stillwell or has any connection to her, she is invited to come on the show if she'd like to come and talk to us. We will not be unfair with her. We will not treat her disrespectfully. We will certainly engage her and we will ask her some questions and so forth like that, as you'd expect. But we're happy to to have a, a civilised conversation with her, happy to make that happen. If you've got any way of doing that, get her people to talk to our people and we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Our people just mean me and Pat. Yeah, our people is us. <laughs> <laughs> I love the inference that we've, we're more important we've, than two dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm I quickly corrected up. myself before you jumped in on that yeah. one. Uh, you, you can <laughs> yeah, see yeah, my yeah. eyes light up. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you like yeah. you like one of those um, younger brothers that sort of like jumps in and goes, "He didn't do that. He's a total fraud." <laughs> you know that you know that Simpsons episode yeah, where Mo's talking about how he dated a supermodel. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> but you could imagine if I did, right? I referenced a lot of Simpsons episode. It's a good show. That also happened on Billy Madison as well. Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. When he was on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. But you could imagine, right? Yeah. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for – oh, I already did this bit. Anyway, I'll do it again. That's it for this episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe, and do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. Uh, If you want to support the show, please jump onto our Patreon. We've got some – what I think is some really good content in there, some stuff I'm really, really proud of, and it's Mm -hmm. an opportunity for you to – There is some amazing stuff in there. To dive deep into some some topics, get some right down into the minutiae, and it only costs you three bucks a month to do that. Another way to support the show is to jump onto Teespring. We've got all the links on our on our sites. Um, jump onto Teespring and buy some cool merch. We've got like quite a bunch of stuff on. How there dare now. you, sir? Yeah, the new how how dare you, sir? Shirt. Yeah, thanks uh, to Avery. I like that. Thank you, Avery. Yeah. And if you want to get in contact with us, the best way to do that is to shoot us an email. We are info at the canine paradigm. I think we've only got like 380 unread emails at the moment. So, you know, we might get back to you at some point. We probably shouldn't be saying that because it infers that we don't listen to our fans. No, it's just that it's time to get into that stuff. But we get a lot of junk as well. Yeah, we do. Junk emails. Yep. And if you see me during the year and I make up a hilarious nickname for you on the spot, try not to be offended (laughs) because that's my New Year's resolution. Cool. Music. (laughs) 